0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for October 20th is Matthew 16, Mark chapter 8, and Luke chapter 9, verses 18 through 27. We begin with the Pharisees and Sadducees questioning Jesus, asking him for a sign. Jesus said, No sign will be given to this wicked and adulterous generation who's asking for a sign. Many people think that it's wrong to ask God for a sign, and I would say it's not. Jesus came and did many signs and miracles. It's wrong to ignore the signs that God gives, especially when we ask him, we pray, God, give me a sign. What am I supposed to do? gives us the sign. He shows us what to do, but we don't like it. We don't want to do that. And so we ignore it and we continue asking for a sign. Pretty soon God goes silent and we often conveniently forget that he's already given us the sign that we asked for. And then we wonder why God doesn't speak to us. Jesus tells them they'll see the sign of Jonah as he was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights so the son of man will be in the belly of the earth for three days and three nights of course they don't understand when they leave there jesus tells the disciples beware of the leaven or yeast of the pharisees and sadducees they begin questioning because we didn't bring any bread he knows that we forgot the bread jesus says don't you remember the feeding of the five thousand don't you remember the feeding of the four thousand Will we ever not have what we need? I'm trying to speak to you in spiritual terms. Beware of that religious spirit that the Sadducees and the Pharisees have partnered with. Don't be like them, is what Jesus is trying to tell them. After this, Jesus asks them, his disciples, Who are the people saying, I am? Some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Some say you're another prophet. Jesus says, but you... Who do you say that I am? Peter says, you're the Christ. Christ comes from the Greek, meaning Messiah. Messiah comes from the Hebrew, Mashiach, which means the anointed one, the savior, the coming king, the lamb, and the lion of the tribe of Judah. Jesus' responds, Simon, you are blessed. You have received insight from heaven. Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. But my Father who is in heaven revealed this to you. And we get the foundation of everything we know to be church in this next verse. Your name shall be Peter, Greek Petros, Rock. Your name shall be Rock and on this rock or stone I shall build my church. Now that word church is in the New Testament more than a hundred times and it's almost always translated church it's the greek word ekklesia or ecclesia what most people don't understand today is that word ecclesia was used by the roman government even though it was a greek word and it referred to an aspect of the roman government which was the outpost at each city under the roman empire's rule The ecclesia in the Roman government was the ruling council of each individual town. When Rome issued an edict, a decree, a new law, or a statute, it went out to the ecclesias of all of the different cities and towns, and it was that ecclesia in each town that instituted the law of Rome. The ecclesia decided who was allowed admission into the city, These were the men who sat at the city gate. They were the judges of the city. They were the ones to banish or exile people from the city who deserved it because they had broken the law. They were the ambassadors of Rome. Jesus was speaking to his disciples in Israel that was under Roman occupation. He was using a Roman government term. And every one of his disciples understood exactly what he meant when he said he was establishing his ecclesia. He was talking about the institution of the government of the kingdom of heaven. Upon the rock, the foundation of the revealing that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who was to come, the Prince of Peace, the one who will rule the world with an iron scepter upon this knowledge and understanding upon this revelation jesus is instituting his government he never intended the church the ecclesia to be a religious club that people attend once a week or watch online and never play an active role in issuing forth the decrees that come from heaven. He never intended for all of these different churches and denominations to come so that Sunday morning would be the most segregated time in the history of the world. He did not come to advance a denomination. He did not come to establish the Roman Catholic Church or any other church. The word doesn't even mean church, it was inserted into our English Bibles and taken as a tradition and has been this way for the last four or five hundred years, but it was never intended that way. The word church refers to a physical building. When the Bible was translated by the government of England, who also owned the Church of England, They wanted to keep the people in the church under government control. This is why the Bible was never translated into the commoners language prior to the King James Bible, at least not by people who were allowed to live. For the last 1800 years, the church has been taken out of the homes and put into buildings. The word church has always referred to buildings, to temples, to places of worship. What Jesus was referring to in Matthew sixteen eighteen was people through whom God brought forth his kingdom, his dominion and his rule. It's in this light that we come to understand the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The advancement of the kingdom of heaven, the government of heaven, the dominion of the king of all creation God the Father, embodied in His Word, the Son, Jesus Christ, is coming in power with might and with the glory of God. It is not coming through religion or religious cults or religious clubs. This is not to say that churches are bad and the way that we do church is bad. It's merely to say it's incomplete. John White Co-founder of Luke 10 Ministries often says, think of every church as a training center and every home as a church. Jesus later says, wherever two or more of you are gathered together, I am there in your midst. Every home that has two Christians in it is a church. Every church mentioned in the New Testament met in a home and corporate gatherings were for training for edification and for the building up of the body but it was not primarily corporate meetings that the foundation of the kingdom of government was built on it starts in the home friends any two people related or not who are believers in jesus christ and you live together you have a church in your home you have an ecclesia The gates of hell shall not prevail against that Ecclesia gates are a defensive mechanism hell is the place of the dead so the defense of the dead place will not prevail against the advancement of the Ecclesia you know that verse my people perish for a lack of knowledge the church is dying is perishing because the people of God do not understand they don't have the knowledge of what church is supposed to be. A lot of people don't want to go to church because it doesn't do anything for them, because it's incomplete. And if you find yourself in that boat, maybe don't stop going to church, but add to it because going to church is not enough. When he says t- to Peter, I will give you the keys. Of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will have been bound in heaven whatever you loose on earth will have been loosed in heaven it's talking about authority I am giving my authority to the ecclesia Christians be aware you are given authority you have the authority of Jesus Christ as much as you understand how to wield it effectively God is not going to give us a measure of authority that we don't understand properly how to use will do more harm than good. It is imperative that we spend time with him and in the word, understanding what he is calling us to so that we can walk out our calling, experience the fulfillment of an abundant life that he is calling us to, is equipping us for, and that he is partnering with us in. When we we internalize it, when it becomes part of us, and then we have that authority the gates of hell will not prevail against the advancement of the kingdom of heaven it feels like the gates of hell are not just defensive but they're offensive in these times we're seeing a letting loose of evil an expansion of darkness and a powerlessness in much of the church that's taking place because We either have the wrong perspective or we haven't been doing our job. We've been given jobs to do. If you feel useless in the church, it's because you don't understand what your job is or you don't understand that there is a job for you to do. Pray to the Lord of the harvest for the workers are few. After this this revelation that Jesus gives the disciples, he orders them to tell no one that he's the Messiah. He's all about the kingdom, the advancement of the kingdom, the going forth of the dominion of the government of heaven, not about his personal brand. Jesus is our great high priest. He's also the best example we'll ever have. Let's be like him. Let's advance the kingdom. He goes on to tell them that it was necessary that he next go on to be handed over and even killed. And we often think of Peter being rebuked for saying, not so, Lord, may it never happen to you. Peter's words could also be translated, mercy to you. May God have mercy on you. Peter no doubt had shock and compassion on his close friend his comrade and his Messiah. And his intentions were, I don't want to see you suffer. You shouldn't have to suffer. You haven't done anything wrong. But he didn't understand the plan of God at work. And that's why Jesus had to rebuke him. Don't let your human emotions cause you to partner with the enemy. Jesus wasn't calling Peter Satan when he said, get behind me, Satan, or get away from me. You're hindering me. But Peter had unknowingly been controlled by his emotions rather than the Word of God and he was partnering with the enemy to hinder what Jesus was sent to do. It takes discernment and self-control for Christians to not follow suit. Let's not partner with the enemy because our emotions are running amok. Let's have discernment to see what God is doing and put our emotions aside. It's in that vein that Jesus said, if anyone wants to come after me, he must pick up his cross daily and follow me. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What good is it if you gain the whole world but lose your life? The Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will reward each according to what he has done. It's all going to be worth it someday. Hang on, friends. Thank you so much for being on this journey with me. Thank you for your comments, your questions. Thank you for reaching out to me. It encourages me. God bless you. See you tomorrow.